Welcome back to House on Carrion Hill, House of Bob's cosmic horror adventure played in Pathfinder 2nd Edition in the Galarian campaign setting. Hi, I'm Dan. I'm playing Willen Dappen, the gnome wizard. Hi, I'm Jeanette. I'm playing Bimkin, the long snout rat oracle. Hey, I'm Schubert. I am playing Nibnub, the razor-tooth goblin fighter. I'm Trevor, and I'll be playing Theobald, the orc investigator. And I'm Sean, your game master. If you like what we do and you want to support the show, visit us at patreon.com slash the house of Bob. Last time on House on Carrion Hill, Tom and the boys arrive at the seven-ton mattock just in the nick of time to rescue the proprietor, Sarah Brindley, from two mutilated thugs. They discover that she is just the latest target of a deranged serial killer known as the Wolf, and that he seems to have another target in mind. That's not the only problem in town, though, as the doors to the tavern burst open and a desperate guard runs in, looking for heroes. So yeah, last time we fought Facey and Chesty. You uh, managed to rescue Sarah Brindley from her precarious position, hanging from the doorframe of the kitchen. And there is a town guard in front of you, a crow. He's got his black cloak and steel helm, a mace at his side, and he looks desperate for you to follow him to the mayor's house. Let's go. All right. I mean, can it wait? Give us a minute, man. I'm, I'm still I'm, not wearing any pants. I'm pretty badly hurt. I could use a night's rest and stuff. I, th- I think the pants are more important. Uh, <laughs> I, I, can, I can repair you on the way. Oh. Repair, you know, like Hold on. Uh, with, with medicine. Well, that sounds cool. Let me get my mayoral hat. And I, I run upstairs and do a very quick wardrobe change. <laughs> Pimpkin will follow. I think you should have to roll to see how fast this wardrobe change really is. Yeah, I want a roll on how good of a mayoral hat you have as well, too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so for how long it takes to change, I need a D10. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's do this. Is that like four minutes? What'd you roll? Four? Yeah, four minutes sounds good. Willen, what'd you roll? (laughs) Six minutes. I had to decide between three different hats, so mm-hmm. obviously choice. I needed the the opinion of you guys, and um, one of them won by a, a vast majority. So, Theobald, if you wanted to do a medicine check on Nibnub, you could spend 10 minutes and recover at least a few hit points for him. Treat wounds is, I think, 2d8. Sorry, medicine check, DC 15. And if you're successful, he gets 2d8 hit points. I think you just wrap the cloth around the gaping wound with all the blood. I don't know. I'm not an expert. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Was this Facey or, or, or Chesty right. that did this one to you? This is a... I'm going to cast Mage Hand and try to push the blood back inside you. Um, <laughs> okay. I guess I need more blood. So as Theobald is bandaging Nibnub's wounds, uh, Willen, you are in your room changing your clothes and attempting to, you know, get all set up to see the mayor. Mm-hmm. And you're fixing up your your braid a little bit. When you notice that your hair, which is no, normally stark white, has a bright pink streak running from scalp to the tip, just like right through the middle of the braid. Huh. Is it like fuchsia pink or like dusty pink? It's a dusty fuchsia. All right. Um, 
I'm going to work that out of my braid and I'm going to like run it down the front of my face. Mm-hmm. So I have like a, 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 a long bang, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Face, face framing layers. Um, sure. Yeah. Thank you, Trevor. <laughs> you know what that's called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one else does. <laughs> Theobald, what'd you get on your medicine check? I just rolled a 26 Ooh. to assist with Nib Nub's recovery. A 26 is a critical success. Oh, so thank you. So he's going to recover four D8 hit points. Oh, wow. And uh, Bimkin will also heal him when he gets back downstairs. Oh, my goodness. You guys are so nice. This looks mm-hmm. okay. I think I could maybe help a little bit more. Well, let's see how many hit points he gets. Yeah, those those pants look good. Well, thank you, yes. Your hair looks different. Thank you. <laughs> it looks different. <laughs> different is good. That's four hit points. Thank you. Are you just doing some magics on me? Just, just some magics. I mean, did you cast it as a three action? Because then everybody gets that. (gasps) Oh, I did not, but I could. Yeah. Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. So everybody gets four. Spread the love. Get four hit points. Nice. And how much did you get from Trevor's healing, Schubert? Nine. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's right. Horrible. Not great. (laughs) Critical success, babe. And then I just like slap you on the back of the head. (laughs) (laughs) How many hit points is that? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Rolled 4d8 and I got 9. That's yeah. not great. No, not good. But I'll take it. That puts me up to 28 hit points out of 71. <laughs> Despite our best efforts, I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still have a lot of uh, wounds. Here, I'll give you a daywalker. Maybe he can do something. So uh, just to remind you of the rule for treat wounds, you could spend another 50 minutes to double the healing that you just got from Theobald. Um, But nobody else can use treat wounds on Nibnub for another hour either way. I'm going to take a... But if you spend that time, this guard is like standing there tapping his foot. Like, Yeah, that's what I was wondering. The city is under attack. I understand that you're wounded. That's great. But like the mayor has requested Tom and the boys, especially... I mean, does he does he want Tom and the boys being, you know, bloodied on the way in? Like, are we bleeding in everywhere? Or does he want Tom and the boys at their best? You know, just like a good act. Well, I have this potion. And I believe Nibnam got a potion. And I believe yeah. Tom got a potion. Yeah, but t- potions taste gross. I don't care. They make you feel funny. That, yeah. That feeling funny thing is a good thing. I don't like mm. it. But I'll do it. Nibnub, put this in your mouth. (laughs) Wait, are you giving me one? Yeah, I'll give you mine. Oh, wow. Free potion. I'll take it. Minor or lesser? Captain Garrus got us these minor potions. So they're D8s. Okay. And since you're drinking it, I'll let you roll it yourself. All right. Not gingerly pouring it into your mouth. I (laughs) chug it. (laughs) Nibnub downs it as quickly as possible. Oh, it's gross. Got five hit points from that. Theobald also sort of like taking it. I was like, well, you know, I got a healing potion. I might as well drink it as well, too. And so Theobald has five extra hit points, bringing him up to 50 hit points out of 65. Good enough. Now the guard is like, are we ready? I don't know. You tell me how my hat looks. (laughs) Your hair looks great. Describe your hat. What does your hat look like? (laughs) 
It's like a flat top. What are those ones where they like stick up like 10 feet of, or not 10 feet? <laughs> like a 10 gallon hat or like a yeah. top hat? Uh, I guess more like a top hat. It's got some really colorful feathers sticking out the side of it. Nice. Yeah. And he sticks purposely a pink one so it matches his hair. Gotcha. Yeah. You look great. Your, your hat is, uh, it's beautiful. Thank you. Let's go. All right. Finally. Guard leads you guys outside. You head out the alley. A bunch of the Tom and the Boys posters are falling off of the brick at this point. You get back out into the main street and you can see that the streets are empty. All up and down the road, windows are shuttered. Even on the corners where like you would have seen some beggars or you know, street vendors, they're conspicuously missing. Above you in the sky, crows are circling overhead, just calling out. They seem to be refusing to land on anything. And as you walk towards Crown Manor at the main square on the crown, the rain begins to come down. Just a little bit at first and then steadily building and pressure coming down hard. Eventually, by the time you make it to the main square, you see purple mud washing down the gutters. Washing along with the water, there's black rose petals from the festival, Some maybe some discarded festival masks, some garbage drifting along with the rainwater. And you come to the gates of Crown Manor. You can see the, the pennants and banners waving from its battlements. Very, uh, you know, ragged and, and rain-soaked. The guard brings you up to the gate where two other crows are, are waiting. They uh, usher you in immediately, just passing you through. You guys make your way through the portcullis, through the gate, down a, a long hall eventually opening into a great hall. You can see hanging on the walls here even more ratty pennants, flags, banners. It looks like a collection that's been amassed over dozens if not hundreds of generations even. You see manticores and eagles and dogs. There's some that have symbols of bushels of wheat or overlapping rings. Several of them have swords surrounded by starburst halos. And at the far end of the room, sitting in a tall back chair, is a very weary-looking man with a fur-lined cloak. He's got a long goatee, salt-and-pepper hair. He turns to you. Are, are you... Are you Tom and the boys? Yes, sir. Yes, your majesty. Good, good. Uh, come, come, ha- have a seat, please. Need gestures for you to come forward and, and join on a, a couple of benches that are sitting along the way. Yes, my liege. Bimkin, as you begin to take your seat, you see sitting in the base of this smaller chair that looked just perfect for you, there's a little toy horse sitting on the cushion. Oh, I see that you like toys. Oh, I, I apologize. My daughter must have let that there. It is. That's very nice. Good craftsmanship. Do you mind if I look at this a little bit? No, of, of course, of course. Uh, uh, look, gentlemen. Something is going on. Carrion Hill has faced a long history of both siege and war. We're on a prime piece of land. But enemies have always attacked us from outside the walls. This time the enemy seems to be within, dwelling in the tunnels and sewers beneath our city and surfacing to strike without warning. As you may have heard, the first of these attacks occurred earlier this morning when something huge 
partially destroyed a building in part of the tangles called the Slipper Market. It killed half a dozen locals. And though the crows were quick to respond, Commander Garrison and his men were slaughtered. Oh, no. Garrison. Garrison. Yes. Garrison. One of my best men. I liked him. He was a fine man. Yes. Thank you. I uh, hope he finds rest in the boneyard. Did we catch the mayor's name? I apologize. I did not introduce myself. My name is Vaughn Hegery. Sovereign Vaughn, what would you have us do? Well, since that initial attack, the thing has surfaced again, no less than three times in different parts of the city. It's crushed buildings and slayed anyone within. I've got my entire force of City Watch sitting in reserve. They respond quickly, but the damage is done by the time they arrive. My men tell me, though, that the citizenry is in a panic. They think it's a war or invasion. I can't help but think that we're dealing with a single enemy, but I can take no chances. My men will keep order in the streets, watch for future attack, and fight anything that emerges, but we need to discover the source of the danger. What manner of beast is this that destroys buildings? I have no idea. That's going to be your job. If you can find something, anything about what is going on, I will pay you all handsomely. I think to fully understand, we must also see uh, the dead. Just, you know, for research's sake. It could lead to some clues. Hmm. The dead and and the buildings. You said three other times? Yes. I think it makes sense to start at the slipper market and examine that location first because that was where it first emerged. As I was saying, I, I will reward you. 100 gold for solid information, and twice that again for aiding in ensuring that this thing poses no further threat. The mouse man asked about the bodies. Some of the guards have said that they've collected bodies from uh, the building. You should be able to examine them there. Yes, good. Thank you. That will help. Do you have any other questions, gentlemen? Do, do we get half up front? I don't think it's even much about the money as so much as the safety of the, the town, for we reside in this town as well. Mm. And if anything were to tear this town apart, it would surely take us with it. I'm just visiting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but a magical source such as yourself will be invaluable in finding this creature. True. I'm invaluable. You heard it first. Perhaps that's why half up front for valuable friend? Make a diplomacy check. It'll help with our investigation. Uh-oh. I got an 11. Uh, I'm prepared to give you 25 now. Uh, hopefully it will aid you as you probably will need supplies if you're going beneath the city. Okay, that's fair. The only questions I have then are the beast attacked three separate places. Over the course of the day, we will go to the slipper market first to sort of assess the origins of this attack. However, as we are all new to the place, is there someone that we could meet with at the slipper market to talk about the other places of attack? And maybe we could find a through line into uh, commonalities between these places, something that might connect them. Just someone, a point of reference we could even touch base with. There are a number of crows at the slipper market. I would communicate with them. He uh, walks over to one of his shelves and 
pulls out a, a roll of paper from a scroll case and unfurls it out onto a table. This is a map of Carrion Hill. Uh, it's a, maybe a year out of date, but if you can see here, this is where we are, Rag Manor. Uh, across the way is Ossuary Church. The tangles are on the west side, closer to the wall, uh, and... Well, the attacks seem to be coming quite randomly. So the first attack was in the Tangles, and then the rest uh, kind of spaced out around the rest of town. I'm not willing to guarantee that they were coordinated or... Certainly. ...anything less than random. Well, we're we're all fairly new to the town. Would you be able to maybe give us a guide? Yeah, or at very least spare us this map. I know it's a year out of date, but... uh... It would be invaluable, I imagine, for our ability to navigate these streets. Absolutely. Please take the map. Okay. I can spare a guard to escort you there, but he has other tasks to perform once he has gotten you to the slipper market. All right, that's fine. you have, like, any doctors or vets? <laughs> Just across the way is the ossuary church. The priests of Phrasma there could provide you some aid if needed. Oh, okay, thanks. With Garrus out of commission, who has now taken the place? Where is the next ranking commanding officer? It's been mere hours, but one of his lieutenants is probably heading up the charge to maintain order within the town. I'm sure he is also quite busy. If you need something specific from him, you could come to me or, you know, any other guard that you see along the way. Excellent. We'll let you know whatever we find as soon as we find out. Thank you. I uh, wish you luck and pray to Phrasma and all the other gods that you will be successful. All right. Thank you, my liege. Let's roll. As we're walking out, Bimkin's going to try to take this toy horse, but sort of make it look like he's absentmindedly taking it. Okay. Uh, So, thievery? Nine. (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so bim can you like or you're walking out of the room with this little horse and fiddling with it a little bit and you're trying to block the sight of it with your cloak when you come through the door out of the great hall you bump immediately into this little girl she's got like dark brown hair in pigtails she's like right (laughs) at an eye level with you she goes uh Hello. Oh, good day, lady. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm also good. I was just about to leave. <laughs> That's my horse. His name is Roger. <laughs> oh, this this is your horse. Oh, uh, I... Uh, yes, here you go. I was caring to put uh, closer to where you are. So here you are. Roger likes candy. <laughs> I bet he does. That's very nice. Goodbye. (laughs) 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 Bye-bye. Nice and natural. I like it. Oh, it's so good. Flawless. Rushes off a little bit. (laughs) Scampers into the street. One day we'll get that horse. (laughs) All right. So you guys head out of Crown Manor and you begin to head over towards the Slipper Market. Guard taking you along the way seems really jittery. And as you guys go, you're getting completely drenched by the rain. You can see still nobody appears to be on the streets at all. 
and he's almost dashing from intersection to intersection so that he doesn't have to stand like out in the open for too long, keeping his to the wall. Uh, he seems really, really nervous anyways. Eventually you come to an intersection of what you think normally would be a bustling market. There are several stalls in a state of semi-setupness. You can see a lot of the rubble and debris that was previously a dust cloud when you were here last is now just, you know, sitting about on the ground. The rain has knocked a lot of that dust out of the air. So now it's much more clear. And you can see the building on the side looks like it's just been caved in. The front of the building over to the side is like complete rubble. You see an open-air tent on the other side of the street with some guards standing underneath it. They seem to be huddled around a mass of maybe big sheets or something like that on the ground. There is a, a man sitting on a bench nearby. As well, closer to the building, behind the guard's roped-off area, you see a goblin with a clipboard scurrying about with a big raincoat on, and he just is like seems to be marking something on his clipboard. You know, I think that girl probably had too many toys. I think it would have been okay had they taken just one. Well, we can always go back. We're going to be having to check in with the mirror again after we discover what did this. Maybe we can make that part of the reward. One toy horse, please. Oh, exactly. Take take this little girl's toys away. <laughs> well, she probably yeah. would not even know. She must have so no. many. Don't even have to tell Maybe her. You can buy a new one. Theobald is curious about the person just sitting on a bench in the pouring rain. He's under a little bit of cover, like, from the eaves on the buildings, but he is standing and just staring at the rubble. Staring. Is he standing? He's sitting. He's sitting at a bench, staring, staring at the rubble, sitting and staring. <laughs> I, ma- I imagine he's quite distraught, looking just from a distance. Like, yeah, yeah. Considering there's nobody else out in the streets that doesn't seem to be on official duty of some manner, this person seems a little uh, grief stricken. Okay, it might it might be worth talking to him about um, what he has seen. Yeah, definitely okay. shell shocked, but. I think somebody else might want to talk to the person with the clipboard. That little goblin probably has notes we might want to steal or look at or ask for. Yeah. Luckily, we know a goblin. Yeah. Goblins speak goblin to one another. Yeah. They they gobble. All right, nub nub. You guys know any goblins? So who's going up to the man on the bench? I'll do the man on the bench with Theobald. Yeah. I think I'd like to walk up, so... All right, so as you approach, you see, uh, Will, and you're actually able to see that this is the same man that you rescued earlier today. You cast invisibility on him Hmm. because his leg was too wounded to get away. So if invisibility is off, does that mean he attacked someone? Well, it's been several minutes since (laughs) he cast the spell. (laughs) He broke the invisibility. Will and you have a lot to learn about magic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to casting like a, like aggressive spells. This is all new to him. Invisibility is not very aggressive. Yeah, but it's not something like a, a town wizard necessarily casts on anybody. Except himself. It just doesn't come up often. At least not aggressively. Yeah. Except for that old peeping Tom that keeps coming around asking for that spell again. Well, when he slipped me ten gold, it was hard to say no. <laughs> Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we walk up to the guy. I'm like, hey, buddy, looks like you made it out okay. Wide-eyed, he turns to you. You helped me earlier. Thank you. I did. Uh, I don't know how to repay you. Um, uh, Repayment isn't necessary. We are just happy that you're okay. 
Oh. Are are you okay? You're too, gentlemen. Uh, my leg is sore, but uh, it's been splinted up, and I think, uh, you know, give it a few weeks, I should be good as new. Fortunately, I just work at a desk all day anyways. Well, that's good. So can you tell us what you saw? Like, we had to jet pretty quick, so... Yeah, the before the dust had a chance to get beaten down by the rain, you didn't happen to get a chance to see an outline or exactly what started this this chain of events. Um, what was it like just before? I saw I saw a few things. Um, it was weird. Uh, well, I'll start at the beginning. Um, kind of like every other morning, uh, everybody out here wakes up early come out they set up stalls uh they're getting ready and and you know just as the sun's coming up you know it's early morning still and and suddenly there's this big crashing sound uh, i was in my shop and just across the street here behind us and there's so many screams just blood curdling and and i looked out the window and the whole building was shaking like oh giant invisible hand had taken hold of it and was trying to push it into the ground or something trying to crumple it in its fist uh, I started running for the door to try and get the watch but it just blew out and that's when the dust cloud was everywhere and I got hit by a, a rock that flew across the street and I was trying to get away and that's when you found me hmm so you weren't really able to see much well that's not true, actually. After you cast your spell on me, I did see something else. Because I couldn't get away, but I just hid in a corner over here, and I looked back, and and some guards ran in. Uh, something... Something unseen, and it, it lifted them up into the air. And they just crushed in front of me in the air. Oh, my God. Then threw them to the side. I've never seen anything so horrible. We're dealing with some very strong magic. That's unsettling. Sh surely you can handle it. You you make me invisible. Yeah, that's easy, man. This is a whole new level. We will rise to the occasion, though. Okay. I'll be sure to tell the rumor mill that you have no idea how to handle it. <laughs> Spread the word. My name's Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Your name's Tom? <laughs> That's not what the yeah. post just said. If you recall, I signed my name on the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Theobald looks at the man and just sort of like gives him like a side glance, like, don't don't listen to that. That's not a that that's not true. <laughs> I think the one last thing that I'm curious about is what went on in this building. Did you work here at this building in particular in an office? Or uh, uh, no. I just wonder if maybe the destruction wasn't somehow related to the building itself. No, I, I do some clerking for a cobbler here on the corner, but the building that was destroyed, that's old man Martian's house. Martian, eh? Martian, yes. Martian. What is, what, who's, who is old man Martian? Uh, well, we think he's an old adventurer, retired. He never had a job since he ever moved here. The house was abandoned for years, and he moved in a couple of years ago and began renovating it. Always come in with 
lumber or tools. He mostly kept to himself, though. Hmm. Was he one of the casualties? I haven't seen him. Okay. Hmm, maybe we should go and check out the rubble. Like, there might be, might be some clues. Yeah, it might be a good idea to check in on Old Man Martian and make sure that he's okay. Uh, if you ever get a chance to see him, please let him know that the Tom and the boys are wanting to make sure that he's all right. If I see him, I'll let him know. Hopefully, he is okay. But I don't have much hope. I think it's time you went home, though. I don't think uh, it's safe out here. This is home. I just don't feel safe inside. Theobald pats the man on the shoulder and stands up and walks out into the rain. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you, boys. So he thanks you and he kind of just like nuzzles back in and out of the rain and just, you know, he's still got that thousand yard stare. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, leave him to his morning, I guess. Nibnub and Bimkin, you were going to talk to the goblin? Yep. You dock under the rope and you head over towards the building and he's currently kind of near where the front door of this building looks like it might have been. And he is just working on this clipboard, taking notes on a piece of paper or parchment with some charcoal. You see that he's got a long knee-length raincoat on uh, and a pair of spectacles on his eyes. Hmm. Where'd you get that rain jacket? This rain jacket was made for me custom. Really? By who? Who did it? Just a couple streets over. Uh, A clothier. They do great leather work. His name is Spaniel. Spaniel? Hmm. Okay. Thanks. That's it's really nice. Oh, thank you. I spent quite a pretty penny on it. A pretty penny? Is that different than a regular one? Yeah, you just have to save them, and they get shinier and shinier as the day goes by. Oh. Okay, cool. Are you from town? Me? No. Why? I've never seen you before. I think I know most of the goblins in town. Wow, that's gotta be a lot. There are a few of us, but not as many as one would think or hope. It's hard to meet a lady. Are there any lady goblins? Many of them are either hitched up or awful. Oh, yes. <laughs> Spoken like a true bachelor. <laughs> and uh, where did you get that uh, that notebook? What's in what's in there? Oh, I am just doing some work for my insurance adjustment company. Oh, you work for insurance? Uh, yes, a building like this collapsing in the middle of town is not uh, common. And uh, it will be uh, quite a pain to uh, compensate the landlord for all of the damage. I am making sure uh, how many building materials we will need to repair the walls and how much damage is done to the interior. Would you say that there are any particular houses that perhaps had very good insurance policy and are now falling apart? The landlord had the entire block covered for the same. It's not anything special. Uh, Mostly just accident and a fire, which is not common here, but he will still take a loss, I think, if I have anything to say about it anyways. And when did insurance policy go out? Oh, this is a long-standing insurance policy. Yes, any particular buildings that perhaps have a new insurance policy? Uh, You will have to speak to my manager about that. 
I see. If you need insurance, uh, I can cover you. However, I have a uh, an excellent adventurer package. He passes you a card. You can see it's on a, a little piece of bark, and etched into it is the name Breville Ibblethor, Insurance Adjusters Incorporated. What does that mean? I don't know what any of the words you said mean. Well, if you get hurt on the job... Uh-huh. That's gonna happen. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, if you are permanently maimed or injured in such a way that you cannot continue to uh, make your living by your method of adventuring... Definitely. Then I can compensate you for that. Because I think that your adventuring days might already be over. Look at that the big gap in your shoulder there. But if I'm so badly maimed that, like, I'm dead, then I don't really care if I'm compensated. Well, then there's a fantastic life insurance policy. If you have family or friends that you would like to name as your beneficiary, then they would be compensated. Wait, really? Yes. They would get all my stuff? Well, uh, an equivalent portion based on the remuneration and your payment plan. And, uh, you know, it, it can be quite significant depending on the type of maiming and or injury and or death. Okay, again, that's a lot of words, but um, can, could you make it so when I die pretty soon here, um, my mommies are going to get all my stuff? Oh, we can do our best. Uh, if you stop by my office, I can write you up a policy. And we will uh, take down payment and, uh, you know, assuming uh, it is uh, all taken care of before you continue adventuring, then yes, you will be covered. Okay. This is very responsible of you. Good job, Midnob. What? Where, where are you? What? Who are you? <laughs> As it says on my card, my name is Breville Ibelthor. Okay. And if you have any uh, homes that need to be built in Carrion Hill, I highly mm -mm. suggest this company. He, like, riffles through. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to last that long. <laughs> he passes another pamphlet to Bimkin. It's like all construction materials and midden stone-like ordering forms for a company called Ruppman's Vats. Can I do a quick perception check on... Well, I don't know if it's perception. Like an insight check on this guy? Sure. I think I trust him, but... Would it be a perception? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely trust him with a nine. I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he seems to be just, like, you kind of get a peek at his clipboard, and it does look like he's just, like, writing down dimensions. Is there, um, something else I can help you with? I have to finish my measurements. Well, I suppose one last thing. You two happen to see anything that's happened today? Uh, unfortunately, I just arrived recently, so I am... Also working off of eyewitness accounts. Anything interesting? Uh, that man over there saw something invisible crush people, but, you know, it's hard to... You know, I think I might have to write down Act of God <laughs> on the form. Uh, the guards over there, they've got some dead bodies, but I, didn't, I don't think I, any of them are covered by my company. I see. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get a city contract, but oh, they hold out on you. You know, you should know there are dark things in this world that will crush you more than any god could. And where do I meet such a woman? <laughs> oh, you, ha, you are you a are funny man. <laughs> Good one. Actually curious. Oh, uh, I, I do not know. I'm not very good at ladies. Me either. All right, so you've talked to Breville Ibblethor and to uh, the clerk from the shoe store. What do you guys do now? There's still the guard tent... 
and there's the, the actual townhouse itself. Yeah. Guys, want to go look at some dead bodies? Yes. Yeah. Uh, most important, I think. Yeah. I was going to get a raincoat, but okay. We'll convene on the dead bodies and then all look at the house together. Okay. Yeah. Out of my giant backpack, I pull out a umbrella for Nibnub. Oh. Thanks. I hate being wet. It's gross. That seems counterintuitive to you. Well, I like the mud, but I hate being wet because it cleans me. <laughs> All right, so you walk over to the guard tent. Uh, it's an open-sided tent with just like a canopy over top. You can see a couple of the guards in there. They're not really seem to be paying attention to the area around them really well. They seem very downtrodden and, and upset. You can see lying in the front of the tent or in the middle of the tent are three bodies draped underneath some sheets. You pull the sheets back and you see that two of the men are dressed dressed in like ratty street clothes. The third is dressed in armor. The two that just look like civilians are in really terrible condition. One of them, his chest looks completely compressed and flattened and crushed by something. The second man has a broken back. He's tilted at a strange angle. The third, who's the guard, one of the crows, his body is twisted around at the waist twice, like a knotted rag. Oh. His arms are broken in so many places that when you go down to inspect him, they just flop like tentacles. Ugh. There's no, almost no bone connected left inside there. I thought my injuries were pretty bad, but that's rough. Yeah, this is like a Gumby. Gumby? Who's a Gumby? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? You come from a very strange town. It was a it was a child's toy that I used to sell back back home. Can we make some sort of investigation check or medicine checks maybe? Medicine checks. Can one of you like smell? Maybe we can see if that BO scent that We can all smell, I yeah, think. Yeah, but some of you are better at it than <laughs> others. Mhm. Yeah. Um, do you have rat smell? Wait, don't I? Scent. You have yeah. rat smell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, it smells overpoweringly of dead bodies. The rain has washed away a lot of the smells that you would have depended on probably See? to detect. Rain sucks. Yeah, rain sucks. Um, so you're not getting any like good whiffs that you could track here. And then over here by the bodies, you just smell, you know, all the terrible stuff that you would smell off of a dead body. It smells like dead body and wet goblin. The best I can do. Mm. You said, Willen, that you'd want to roll a medicine check. Is there anything particular that you're looking for? Aside from, like, the the cause of death seems pretty apparent. Yeah, crushed. Crushed but, to death. Yeah. Do you think it's crushed by something magical or something physical? That's a good question, too. Did it leave any residue? or Is there a compression from, like, mm. an actual hand that just happens to be magically invisible? Or was it, like, a magical hand that crushed it? Like, if the, a distinction could be made. You know? Okay, make a medicine check. Come on. <laughs> I definitely rolled a one on that one. So, 13 medicine. Bimkin got a 15. 15, okay. And Theobald got a 17. So, Willen is looking at the one with the floppy arms and the twisted body, and he's just, you're just grossed out. Yeah, I'm lost in thought of Gumby. <laughs> making you a little too nauseous or something or giving you too many thoughts of your childhood toy. Yeah, <laughs> nostalgic, yeah. Disgusted, nostalgic, I don't I'm know. Taken back to a simpler time. 
Bimkin, you examine the body with the broken back, and you can see that from the other wounds on the body, like bruises and battering, that it looks like he was slammed up against something with enough force that whatever he hit is what cracked his body. Theo, you're looking at the one whose chest was compressed, and you can see that some of his clothing was torn away. Not like all the way, but like some of it kind of ripped off from friction maybe as as whatever it was was crushing him. Maybe something moving very fast or he was thrown very quickly. I turn to one of the guards. Where were the bodies found? Like were they found nearby the building or were they found far away from the building? Because these injuries look like a great speed, like they were struck by something at great speed, like a catapult. Yeah, um, the two homeless men there were found in the alley along with whatever boxes and detritus they call possessions. The guard, however, was found just outside the front door, thrown back, splayed across the sidewalk. The homeless men in the alleyway. Which alley is it? Was it adjacent or was it parallel to the building? Yes, just just adjacent, immediately adjacent. In fact, let me show you the map. You guys are standing in front of this townhouse. On the left side of the screen is where it was destroyed. Just a little bit north of where you are, there's an alley going to the east that you can see down. There's a bunch of rubble down there. As you come around the side of the alley, you can see that it's a single-story building. Looks like it's collapsed outward into the alley. So there's clutter and refuse and, and you know bricks and two-by-fours and stuff lying all over the place. There's swaths of blood and gore on the walls. And as you walk into the alley, you get hit with this hideous smell wafting out of the building. It's just totally stomach-turning. You can't quite place what it is. The strangest thing, however, is on the opposite wall of the collapsed building, a huge spiral-shaped smear of blood is traced onto the opposite building. This ominous rune rises high on the side as if something enormous had used a broken and bleeding body to, as a brush to paint its mark. Oh, it's twisted. Is this the same spiral we saw on Facey and Chesty? I mean, it's a spiral. There's so many ways you can draw a spiral. All right. Hmm. Should we should we go inside the building? Hmm. So if I'm ingesting this correctly, the town's guard was thrown from the building, and the building's debris indicates that a lot of this um, this building's collapsed because it's exploded from within, like it blew outwards. That is sort of what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if we go in, there might not be much left of what was there, but it sounds like this old adventurer who was quietly building something in his old abandoned house uh, may have built something that exploded. Or maybe there's tunnels to the other sites. I don't know. I think it's there's lots of interesting stuff going on here. Yeah, do we, do we think the creature like blew out the wall? Do you think it's a creature or a person, like, casting yeah, magic? Yeah, whatever was killing all those guys? Yeah. Like, did it... Is this, like, its origin point? Like, did it burst out of the wall, kill some guards, go down the alley? Oh, yeah. Like, which which order do we think it started? Well, I think another interesting thing that you just mentioned now is that if it created 
a swirl, like a, a, a mark, like picked up a body and drew the spiral to what end? Is it making a sign for itself to return back to this place? Or is it leaving a message for more of its kind? Like if uh, you you leave a signpost for your friends, uh, you know, Tom and the boys to come together at this spot. So are these spirals, they're connected to others. I think they, they might be channeling this kind of energy. Like a thieves can't or something? Yeah, like it's... Hmm. Uh, it's it's a, uh, you know what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. Yeah, I, I get it. You seem to know a lot about these spirals, don't you? Bimkin and Theobald, make if you have the skill, make a religion check. Twenty five. Oh, that I don't think I'm going to be able to be twenty five. But religion, I got twelve. Okay, Theobald, you you just see this as like a maybe a mark or a, a message or a symbol that yeah. uh, is kind of you know independent of whatever else but Bimkin you're looking at it and you are maybe connecting some dots you know that the spiral is a symbol associated with both magical portals and the dark tapestry a dark region between the stars where ancient gods are said to dwell you also know if there's some dark tapestry stuff going on here you may have an association with the old cults, people who worship those ancient beings and attempt to interact with them in different ways. I share this information with the party. Hmm. Theobald, just through his experience with uh, the gaining of his tattoos and his time as a barkeep, we didn't talk about religion so much, but we talked about more shady forms of organization. And he's far more interested in occultism and hadn't really thought about it until Bimkin had shared this information. So I'm just going to make a occultism check. Mm-hmm. 29. Okay. You've heard or, or, or know that there's all manner of ways to communicate with people or beings in other realms. Occultism governs the magic of the mind and the power of the mind. And you could potentially use occultic magic to project your mind into another plane of existence or to communicate with someone else in another plane of existence. But you don't think that using purely occult magic, you would be able to create a portal. At least as far as you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm starting to think this adventurer may have not been up to anything good. Oh, the adventurer. Do you think the adventurer is tied to this? I, I don't, I feel like it. Like, Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very suspicious that, like, the origin point is from his home. Yeah. The wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. There has to be a reason he was targeted, or the reason is he, like, instigated this. I'm trying to think, too. The other places that we've seen this spiral were carved into three bodies. The two at the tavern and the one in the alleyway. Was there a spiral carved into that? blind man in the alleyway. Do you recall that? No, I don't remember describing that. He was flayed. He had no skin. So we've seen two spirals before, and they targeted a barkeep. I wonder what the heck our place of residence has to do with this. Unless it's us, we put our barkeep in danger. True. We are adventurers, which has a common link between us and this man. Yeah, that's true. 
yeah, we should definitely step into this house. And they've killed a lot of guards, too. I think you're placing too much importance on us. Well, no. I know that you have <laughs> pink hair now, and you're very cool. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, either way, I'm going to go inside now. Wait, no, don't. And then Nub's going to get in Willen's way and put a stabby stick out. Oh, my goodness. You can't go in there. Hey, man, what's your problem, man? Are you all right? You're, you guys are all going to die. You can't eat my face. I mean, no, I got to do this alone. Are you upset because we don't have insurance yet? It, well, that... Oh, I should have done that first. <laughs> There's no time. Just don't... Don't go in. Wait, and Nibnub's th- going to chug one more healing potion and then run in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Are you going in through the front door or through the collapsed alley? Through the door, I guess. Whatever Willen was trying to get through. Okay. Oh, I only got a two. Man, I'm never going to get back to full. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Should have gotten that insurance plan. (laughs) Yep. All right. So you Nibna burst through the door into a room that was once a cluttered but very cozy looking parlor. Uh, you can see that the couches, bookshelves, tables, other comforts are in complete disarray in here. The eastern wall ahead of you is partially collapsed, including what once may have been a fireplace to the northwest. There are two doors. The two doors leading into other rooms of the building are both hanging off their hinges, and you can all smell this hideous smell wafting through the gaps. Nim Nim runs as fast as he can towards the smell. Bimkin will follow. Nibnub, no. Yeah. yeah, Theobald also takes haste. <laughs> it's kind of omnipresent in here. So you could go uh, straight through to the east of the building, or you could go south into the south area of the building. Uh, I'll go straight east. Okay. And you can go through that door. It's open now. You can, but you shouldn't. So, uh, Nibnub, you lead the way into a living room. Again, in complete disarray. Doors are smashed open. The northern wall has exploded completely outward into the alley. You can see that spiral kind of peeking out into your view. The furniture here is in shambles and rain leaks in from multiple holes in the roof. But that's done very little to wash away this thick layer of sticky black slime that seems to coat every surface. Slime that just exudes this horrific stench like something from an open grave or burnt decay, air before a thunderstorm. Wet and diseased fur, it's everything and worse. Scattered amidst the slime and rubble are body parts. Too many to be from one victim, and you don't see any blood. Body parts, like completely severed body parts? Yeah, some of them are torn apart. Hands and feet and legs and head. As you guys enter this room, I need you to make a fortitude save. Oh, no. Bimkin got a 12. 19 total. Okay. 15 for Willen. Okay. And Theo? 24. All right. So Bimkin and Willen, the stench is just so much, and you are sickened as long as you're in this room. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Roll playing. (laughs) Oh, boy. So as long as you're around this, like, half-dried slime, you're going to be sickened. (laughs) Can I detect what this half-dried slime is? Make an occult check. Twelve. You have no idea. All right. Willen's going to cycle through some of the lenses he has on his glasses to see Mm -hmm. if he can make a 
a better perception of kind of what's in this room that otherwise I might not see. Okay. <laughs> I've rolled two ones and a two so far this game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so I got a ten. That was a rough. Wow, your day. Yeah. yeah. I, th- well, I think you're pretty nauseous. You're you're pretty, you're over overwhelmed yeah. with the fumes and yeah. just the my, dead bodies. My glasses are fogging up because yeah. of my hurling. So, Will, and you're, you're looking around the room. You're trying to find some more information. And you just become overcome by nausea. And you, you step out of the room. You kind of stumble across back into the parlor. And you kind of lean against this half-destroyed coffee table. Your hand sets down onto this, like, red and white checkered tablecloth or bandana. And you are overtaken by a memory. You remember gray sunlight filtering in through a window. The light is bright, and despite the smudgy circles polished into the glass, the room has a cozy morning light. On the table sits a pile of herbs, seeds, and knickknacks, and some brass tools, all strewn about a large square of bright white and red checkered fabric. Skittering around the room, we see Willen Dappen in his brightly covered clothes stand in stark contrast to the gray wood of the room. He's wearing a tall cylindrical hat balanced on top of his white-haired head. It tilts precariously as he titters from one countertop to another, organizing and bundling little items together. He waves a hand in the air towards a heavy pink coat hanging next to the door, and from the pocket a pair of intricate spectacles float up and over to him. The multitude of brightly colored lenses cast a rainbow across the room as the glasses pass in front of the window and land on his nose. We see for the scarcest moment Willen's eyes, the irises a light gray that's so unnaturally lacking in pigment that they seem almost to match the whites. A knock comes at the door and Willen scrambles across the room, knocking into the table and chair nearly toppling a small stacked tower of tiny clear crystals. He opens the door with a huge smile on his face to see an athletic-looking human in traveling clothes with a sword on his belt, a shield over one shoulder, and a pack over the other. Hello, Oleg. I didn't expect you here. Well, I had to get a move on at some point today. Oleg chuckles and steps into the house, stoops low to fit through the small door. I don't suppose you've changed your mind about getting out of here. Oh, no. I'm still needed here, Oleg. The town won't get along without me. The sick, the needy, the crops, the animals. You know, I I have responsibilities. Willen returns to his stacking and sorting, adding a little bundle of parchment, wrapped in twine and rolled tightly to the items on the table. He considers for a moment, then skips over to a shelf full of jars and selects one full of little white feathers. He pulls a cork, removes three tiny little feathers, and then using another jar of something thick and gooey, paints each of them onto a little stone, sticking them down around the surface of each. What are you doing, Willen? Well, I'm making something for you, silly. Something to keep you safe on your way. I know not many who leave this place make the way back, Oleg. I feel you're, I feel you're like you're special. You hold me back. These charms will help with that. Oleg watches Willen work. There's a sad look on his face. Charms, eh? Uh, well, what does that one do? Willen picks up the indicated object. A little steel fork tied around the neck with horsehair, and its tines are embedded into a carved piece of wood shaped like a mushroom cap. This is a good one. One that my master taught me. The wood is alchemically anchored to the earth, and the fork's resonate frequency 
is attuned to the prime material plane. So if you... Well, look, I only understand about three of those words. Wood, fork, and the. Oleg interrupts him laughing. I guess I'll have to trust that it's supposed to help me out. Willen laughs too. <laughs> wraps all the charms tightly into a bindle. I hope so too. Good luck, Oleg. I look forward to when we meet again. And then Willen shakes his head and rouses himself from the memory. And we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to The House of Bob. If you want to support us, there's a few ways to do that. You can give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on social media at The House of Bob on Twitter, Instagram, and probably anything else. Not TikTok, though. We haven't signed up for TikTok yet. Join the Discord, where you can chat with us and other listeners. You can get free previews of some of the episodes before they arrive on the regular stream and, you know, talk D&D with us. And we'd like to thank all the patrons on Patreon that make this show possible. Without your hard-earned cash, we would not be able to do what we do. I'd like to thank Ben, Connor, Pedrick, Brandon, Ron, Team Eamon, Pavel, Christine, Tom, Elias, Mark, Mary, Jessica, Ray, Scooter, Tyler, Josh, Keith, Bluckett 12, Tom, Jessica, Kieran, Mike, Luke, and Volt. Artwork for this episode was made by me, Sean Makes. You can find me on seanmakes.com or at seanmakes on most of the social media things. Audio design for this episode was provided by Astronomic Audio. Music was made by Mike Hammock. Roll on. Didn't that already happen? Yeah. Sorry. I think we're just hopping right back into... That's literally how we ended last session. Yeah. Okay. That's the last <laughs> okay. time. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Breville Evil Ebel? What is it? <laughs> Breville Ibblethor. Ibblethor. I gotta remember to get insurance. <laughs> Didn't think that I'd be doing that this session. <laughs> Yeah, he just, he, he kept screwing up on the spiral and he <laughs> just, like, like, just kept going until he ran out of the room. Like, man, I don't even look like a spiral anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what if I just take all the rest Gross. of the skin off? Does that fix it? <laughs> yeah, what if, what if I leave a okay. spiral of skin on? We'll see you next time. Next in time. two weeks. Next time. In two weeks. Next time. Good in time. two weeks. Next time. Two weeks. Next time. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> Two weeks next time. Two weeks. Into weeks next time. <laughs> next. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>